the most dangerous, damaging, infectious disease is hysteria. A lot of it is fear, right, when we look at the actual numbers, but psychologically it can really impact the economy. We haven't gotten anybody who has said, hey, you know what, we're not coming to San Antonio, Texas because of this. This is Commerce Street, a podcast about business, technology, and the economy from Ken's 5 Eyewitness News. I'm Erica Zucco. An international coronavirus outbreak has San Antonio in the headlines for its role monitoring Americans who recently traveled in Wuhan, China, or vacationed on the Diamond Princess cruise ship. So we wanted to know, could all of this impact our economy? And will the effects of coronavirus on foreign industries affect the work thousands of San Antonians do every day? Local leaders are aiming to strike a balance between taking necessary precautions and stoking unnecessary fear. But let's be clear, the most dangerous, damaging, infectious disease is hysteria. And so what we're trying to do is make sure that we have a compassionate human response to a a crisis that's happening, uh, that we do so all the while maintaining the safety of the public. One of San Antonio's driving forces is tourism. So will that be affected? We reached out to visit San Antonio last week to ask, and they told us they're seeing few effects. We haven't gotten anybody who has said, hey, you know what, we're not coming to San Antonio, Texas because of this. But they are monitoring the situation. We'll reach out to hotels, we reach out to all of our attraction partners and everything, say, hey, here's the latest, here's the latest development, here's what's being done to protect visitors and tourists and residents. That was nearly a week ago, before the CDC raised new warnings about the virus and before more cases were confirmed. So I checked back in with Richard Oliver, who told me there's still been no, quote, adverse effect on their business, but they'll continue gauging the landscape and, quote, have been assured by officials that visitors and residents are at a very low risk of coming into contact with the virus. We reached out to Carl Eggers, a senior wealth advisor and partner for Covenant, who has experience advising consumers on their finances and studying the broader markets to get some of his thoughts and insight on all of this. Carl, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So when we hear coronavirus, we often think about the public health implications, but in what ways can a health epidemic or even just the threat of an outbreak affect the economy on a global scale or even down to nationally and locally here in San Antonio? You know, first of all, people, we we can talk ourselves into a recession. So for example, when folks are scared about traveling, about, um, uh, you know, going on a cruise, anything like that, and they stop doing that because they're fearful whether they were going to possibly contract the coronavirus or not, them not going on that trip is going to affect the cruise line, the airline industry, Uber, all those, all that chain, uh, chain reaction along the, those lines can be affected by that. And we're seeing that. The, the, the main thing we're seeing right now, though, is supply disruptions, meaning if you have a product and you're, you need parts from China to put your widget together, you can't get those parts right now. And so you may have the demand for your product but you don't have the supply. So we're seeing that right now. But we are starting to see some demand issues too, right? Where people, like I said, aren't taking cruises. They're postponing trips. Uh, they may they may be postponing business trips. So maybe a potential business deal doesn't get done because they couldn't connect. So that's really what happens is this tends to snowball. And a lot of it is fear, right? When we look at the actual numbers, but psychologically it can really impact the economy. 
And I'd love to talk a little more about that supply situation, manufacturing in a couple minutes. But for right now, uh, here in San Antonio, we have evacuees who are being housed at JBSA Lackland. Uh, Local leaders have tried to really kind of temper anxiety surrounding that, try to make sure people know. But there's been a lot of media attention, and San Antonio is often mentioned in national headlines. Can situations like this have an impact on tourism, as you mentioned, when people are making choices? And how does a city temper against that? If you know people have a coronavirus in a particular city and you're going to take a trip there, would you rather not go to that city and choose another city? Maybe. So, and especially San Antonio has been such, I've lived in San Antonio my whole life and it's always been known for tourism. It's a great tourism city and we don't want that reputation to be tarnished. And so, uh, but yeah, that, that is an issue when you, when you see folks being housed here and quarantined here that it could impact. And, and we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of, um, we're seeing this really spread again to, to many industries, not just because of the, the people being quarantined here, but as I mentioned, supply disruptions. Visit San Antonio says it's been vigilant in monitoring developments regarding COVID-19 and reaching out to officials to make sure they have the information and sharing that with hospitals and partner organizations. How important is that flow of information and just making sure that people have an accurate idea of what they're heading into and that people know that San Antonio is still safe to visit? We always want transparency, right? We want information. Sometimes, though, we may get too much information, especially nowadays with technology. You and I are here on a podcast. Uh, People can go on the Kins 5 website. We get information whenever we want it, as much as we want. And sometimes we get so much information that, again, people are fearful of things that aren't going to impact them necessarily. Uh, It's really fascinating when we think about the flu, for example, the traditional flu. I think the CDC says over 55,000 people per year die of the flu, and yet we don't quarantine ourselves every winter, right? And I know these are very different situations, but for whatever reason, when we have, it's the fear of the unknown. When we know something, we tend to discount it. When, it's, when we're fearful of the unknown, it, it ramps up pretty quickly. And I think that's what we're seeing across the globe, not just here in San Antonio. To shift gears a little bit to talk about that manufacturing and the supply yes. situation. You know, much of the coronavirus activity, most of it at this point, is concentrated overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, the San Antonio Manufacturers Association says there are a number of manufacturers that could eventually be impacted if they require material from China. Um, right. President and CEO of the group, Ray Chavez, shared some information with me. He couldn't be with us this morning, but I wanted to kind of work through that with you and yeah. see if you can give us a Absolutely. little insight. So um, he mentioned that manufacturers can be impacted if they're receiving parts from China, like certain circuit boards, um, you know, ceramic, electrical housing assemblies, wire harnesses, cables were examples that you sure. gave. These are things we think we can get anywhere, but how necessary are they to manufacturers? And do we have those type of manufacturers in San Antonio that could need those products? Yeah, you know, we're not, a, we're not known as a technology hub just yet, mm-hmm. kind of like maybe a San Francisco is. But the technology industry is probably impacted more than anybody. And, and it's something consumers need to watch out for is are they going to start paying more for electronics because the limited supply of finished goods we have like phones like tvs if they're limited supply and there's more demand guess what happens the price goes up so we may need to start watching for inflation on some of those things uh but technology is the the probably one of the hardest hit you know the the thing that's happened the last few years is we were getting a lot of things from china we have great trade partners in Canada and Mexico. We have a new trade deal with them. So you're starting to see some manufacturing shift to Mexico and shift to South Korea and shift to other countries outside of China, but we're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, you know, if you kind of look at China, its impact on the global economy now versus, let's say, in 2003 with SARS, they're about triple 
the impact. They're about triple the, con- the contribution of the world GDP. And that's why people are taking this more seriously, because back in 2003, maybe there were companies that weren't getting their things from China. But we have small manufacturers, small businesses in San Antonio, in the United States that deal with China every day. This is not just for the very large corporations. This is for, you know, small, uh, small business owners as well having to deal with this. And is that all in terms of getting, you know, supply material or is that for other business? It could just be flat resale. You know, we we see that a lot now. There's a lot of home businesses that simply buy something online for cheap out of an Alibaba, someplace like that, turn right around on Amazon and sell it and do a great job of marketing and they market up a little bit. They can't get those products, perhaps. So not only is it uh, finished goods. But as you mentioned, like with circuit boards, it's unfinished goods not coming in that are, are a piece of a puzzle. So you picture you're putting a, a widget together and you only have 70% of what you need. The other 30% is stuck in China. There's nothing you can do except wait. Or maybe you go someplace else and get it. But guess what that's going to do? It's going to cost you a lot more probably. And then what do you have to do? You have to raise the price of that product. Um, so, yeah, a lot of companies don't have that option. They literally can't get supplies from China. Does that say anything about the importance of having local suppliers? And for most of the industries here, do we have local suppliers or are there some things that we just haven't gotten there? I think it really depends. It, it, mm-hmm. Again, it used to be a, a size of company issue. If you're a mm-hmm. big company, you probably got it from China. If you're a small company, you had to get it locally because you didn't really even know how to how to go about it. And the Internet's changed that dramatically. But So I wouldn't say it's necessarily the size of companies um, that, that determines that. But, you know, it's, it's a case-by-case situation. I mean, some companies don't rely on China at all, mm-hmm. and they're moving along like life's just fine. And that's what's interesting is when you look at the stock market where the whole stock market falls, you know, you start looking and cherry-picking which companies have exposure mm-hmm. and which companies don't. And that's where you start to find bargains because, obviously, the ones that don't have exposure to China may not be impacted, yet their stock price already fell. We've seen the news about all of the impact that novel coronavirus has had on the markets. Um, just as a normal consumer who might have you know, a modest portfolio, a mm-hmm. little bit here, what do I need to keep in mind and do I need to be concerned yet? You know, it's interesting. You always have to look at a portfolio, obviously matching up what your kind of goals and objectives. You're young. You don't have a lot of gray hair yet. I, I, not any gray hair. I should have said so. not a lot. Yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> as you can see, I'm, I'm graying a little bit. But, but the thing is, it, it's... When you're younger, of course, you can afford to take more bumps in the road, more volatility, and and trying to get higher returns. The issue is most people should have a portfolio that they can sleep with at night knowing that you're going to have situations like this, right? Whether it's SARS, Ebola, uh, a missile attack in Iran, it could be 9-11. I mean, all those things most investors have gone through. And yet, just a few weeks ago, we were at all-time highs in the stock market. So we will get through this. I'm confident in technology and science that we will have, you know, this this will get behind us. It's a sucker punch to the economy. It's a sucker punch to people's portfolios. But this is not the time to say, well, maybe I should be more conservative. That was two weeks ago. You know, that was the time when you look at your portfolio and say, I need to have a balanced approach. So we've talked a little bit about manufacturing, about tourism. Is there anything else that's kind of bouncing around in your mind when you've been thinking about novel coronavirus and the impact that it's had that could have an impact on our local economy? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you think about Southwest Airlines, a fairly local company, you know, will be impacted. Uh, Not as much as maybe an international airline, uh, but tourism you mentioned, especially as we start coming into spring and summer, that's a big time for for San Antonio. Um, And... You know, again, we're, we're more, I think what's good about our economy, and you were seeing it, the, some of the recent studies were showing that our economy was actually starting, was re-accelerating 
prior to this, whereas the U.S. economy and the, and the global economy was actually starting to decelerate, it's slowing down a bit. So we were in really good shape. And, and that's, that's great for us because we have a little more room for error. The other thing is our economy is so much more diversified than it was when I was growing up here in the, in the 70s and 80s. It was military city USA only. You know, it was, it was really a tourist city and military. That's really all it was. Now it's cybersecurity, it's medical, it's health, it's uh, energy. I mean, we have so many industries that from a, a big perspective as far as San Antonio is concerned – we will weather the storm. Will we, our growth slow a little bit? Probably so, but definitely uh, I, I wouldn't think it'd be more than the U.S. economy. Anything we should keep an eye out for um, or be considerate of in our outlook of the economy over the next few weeks and months, what should we be watching for? Well, you know, I think what Wall Street's looking for, what everybody's watching is when, when does this all start to decelerate? Because what we saw was it started to, de in other words, the new cases are still increasing, but are they slowing down? We started to see that in China. And then, of course, China came out and said, well, we have maybe have miscalculated those, those numbers and it jumped. It's outside of China where it's, it's accelerating still. You know, places like Italy and South Korea, which is a huge exporter. That's where we get a lot of cars from. Those are the places that we need to see it kind of crest. Once you see it crest, uh, then I think everything will resume okay again. But, but there is a lot of fear and that human emotion of fear drives people to make very irrational decisions, not only with their portfolios, but their businesses. So I would just caution everybody listening to not overreact, to keep a calm, level head, because we've, it's always going to be something. There's, next year, it'll be something completely different. Um, and right now, it happens to be the coronavirus. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of that insight with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It was fun. And thank you for listening to Commerce Street. We'll have more information on this story and future episodes on kens5.com.